Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Beatrice Murad, and today I'm joined by Sarah Dolman. Hello. And Delaney Stovall. Hey, y'all. Today we will be discussing Disney Channel's new animated show, The Owl House, specifically what has aired so far, which are the episodes two through five. If you haven't seen any of these episodes, go watch them and then come back. Consider that your spoiler warning. You have been warned. Uh, find out more info about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. All right, so let's start with just, because you both were on the premiere podcast, which plug, if you haven't listened to that, you should listen to it. Um, how has Owl House been doing early, this in this early run? You know, ha- has it managed to live up to the quality that you saw in the premiere? Um, this is considered kind of the more challenging period of shows. I mean, I of animations, but I mean, I think of any show because this is like when it's kind of setting up the groundwork, starting to de- like introduce you to the characters, set the tone for what it wants to be. So how has it been going so far, Sarah? Um, I think... I think it's been really great so far. I mean, the the premiere was a lot to live up to, but I think overall I've been still really enjoying the show. Um, I think it's really been doing a good job of setting its tone of being kind of earnest and quirky and um, a lot focused on the characters, which I really like. And it's got its funny moments. And yeah, I've just been having a good time watching it. Good, good. Yeah, I think earnest is a very good word to describe the show. Um, Delaney, what about you? Uh, pretty much the same as Sarah. I really just been enjoying it to me. I don't, I think the quality stayed the same, which to me, it's extremely high quality. So I think it's doing really well. I'm really just loving the show. And, you know, I was a little nervous after the hype of the premiere, but I mean, really, this is just really solid, fun stuff. I think the show's not going under, like, I expected the school, the show to go the school direction. And we're not, which I, I I appreciate. Like, I think we're doing some really neat stuff. And I think the show is avoiding the trap that recent Disney shows have been falling into, like Amphibia and um, even Gravity Falls is a bit like this. Expand where, on that trap. Tell me. So the trap is you just kind of have goofy nonsense for like 10 episodes and then in the and kind of sprinkle plot. And then in the middle, you're like, here's all, and Star, Star vs. Force of Evil was also like this. You start dumping plot in the middle, and then you start, and then you continue, like the plot gets deeper and deeper, ultimately to the season finale. But here, I mean, we're dropping this pretty early on. Like, I mean, we're, like, in the first five episodes, there actually seems to be, like, darker things in place. So I think, also, and it is a little bit... Uh, granted, if you think about it, this is also kind of the same place some of those shows get to, because this is a different kind of show than really what Disney and Cartoon Network and everyone's been putting out for the past several years, because this is a show that is 30 minutes. Mm. The majority of what we cover are 11-minute episodes, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's a very different show structure. And actually, I think that's part of why this is so refreshing, is because we cover a lot of ground in these episodes. They have a lot more room to breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. like an episode with um like the two most recent episodes with Amity, those would have been like that would have been like a four episode stretch. Like uh actually the it's, it's so hard to say the uh 
Covenantian. Yeah, convention. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Covenant convention. That's great. Very great pun. But that would have <laughs> that would have been two episodes. But I mean, I thought it worked really well as one episode. And granted, not that there's much difference between having a 30 minute episode and two 11 minute episodes that are tied together. But in this case, it's not separate. Like this is these are these are meant to be viewed in one sitting. Gotcha. Um, do you have any like theory as to why they decided to go from 15 to 30? Like, do you think that maybe they saw the the kind of DreamWorks Netflix marriage that produced Voltron and She-Ra and were like, ooh, maybe we want some of that or what? If you have, I'm not sure. Because and part of it's for me, like, I don't have as much understanding as, you know, I know that networks decide airing, but right. they don't necessarily decide episode structure. Right. Grant, I know that's also a lot of what they want is, like, for a while. You know, that was the thing. Cartoon Network first came out with 11-minute episodes. Right. Then everyone started doing it. And then now we're kind of doing this shift back. You're probably not wrong. It probably is influenced by DreamWorks. But then also, I don't know how much the creator had you know, how much that came into play. Cause also uh, Dana, she is friends with Alex Hirsch and gravity falls was a 30 minute show. So like, I don't know if maybe they thought and Alex is on the show and I don't know like what kind of interaction that had to like, you know, the creator's vision versus what the network wanted. Okay. Gotcha. Sorry. It's, I didn't, I, I haven't, sorry. I'm apologies to all the gravity falls fans. I haven't really watched the show. So, um, so I, I assumed it was also 11 minutes, 11 minute episodes. That's no, gravity falls was, was, um, 30 minute episodes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I'm pretty sure it was. Let me check. It's, it's oh, definitely, but, um, but to your point, I, I, I agree, um, with both of you in very, very, um, strong opening, um, very strong run to these things. What of these kind of four episodes that we got, was there anything in particular that stood out to you, Sarah, of like, oh, like this particular moment, oh, just a, kind of like a highlight of this kind of batch before we kind of move on to like more specific things. I think the highlight for me is whenever Luz uses magic and makes the little mm, light yeah. ball. Oh it's my just God. Such, it's so powerful because, like, yeah. she just wants it so bad. And she just makes a little drawing and a little ball of light comes up and she, she fills the room with lights and it just looks so pretty and it's so touching. And yeah, I really love that. And I really am excited to see her expand her magical abilities. Yeah. I was kind of surprised of how quickly that happened. Um, I, and yeah. I, it's not a bad thing because a lot of times people are like, oh, that happened too fast. It's not that it's a bad thing because sometimes they really like to drag on the, like the first spell, you know, and, mm. and like, oh, how are, how is a human going to be able to do magic and how is that going to work? They're like, in, 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 it's crazy how it very quickly, I can say this, but in a very owl house way, they were just very kind of flippant where they were like, no, she just, she figured out how to draw it and now it's magic. Now let's keep going. Let's go. Like that's. Let's establish well, this and let's move forward. And it well, was kind of refreshing in that sense. Well, yeah, I think that's part of what kind of the charm of this show is. And also, again, we were talking about the very interesting, like we talked about in our first podcast, the very interesting things this show does and the themes that they talk about. Like something that really stuck with me was when she was talking to Amity at the end of Covenantian, however you convention, say that stupid convention, convention. stupid word. Uh, <laughs> I know it's a pun, but then it's also not a pun. It's weird. Almost as uh, bad as coronation. Yes, it's pretty bad. And <laughs> That's a Star versus reference. It's really bad. And she, when she says, like, it's harder for me than it is for you, like, I have to do it a different way. It takes me longer. And, like, she can still do it, 
but it's not it's not not necessarily the same except it is like she's making like because you know amity like i i'm really excited about like they're gonna slowly become friends and then date each other because obviously <laughs> I amity and loose because they're super cute but you know amity you know, very begrudgingly you know at first she's like you know just gonna be mean but then she's like well i've never you know a child could do that but i've never seen anyone cast it like that Right. So I think we're going a really interesting direction. I did get a little bummed out at first when, you know, apparently you have to have some stupid organ to do magic. But <laughs> actually, Luz can do it. She just has to do it her way. So I think, like, this kind of has this, I think this is a really, like, great message. And it's also kind of, you know, we don't generally have a lot of kind of, like, uh, pro, um, non-able stuff in media like we don't usually have a lot of stuff that's like kind like i'm trying i'm trying to figure out how to word this like people you, who can do things in different ways than right the exactly quote, like quote, you don't, normal way yeah yeah quote and, and not in a way that's like quirky but like literally like loose can't do it this way the you know quote unquote like the easy way or whatever but she can do it this way and this kind of you know she's made this modification so she can do it and obviously, you know, this is very different than, you know, what if we had a character in a wheelchair? That's very much different representation than this. But, like, this is a kind of a very, uh, this is still a very good message. Yeah, it's sort of a thematic way of exploring it rather than, like, a right. literal way. And kind of also, kind of also this idea of, like, almost exploring, like, um, learning disabilities. Like, yeah. she can't learn it the way the other kids can. So this is, and then she figured it out herself. Like, this stuff's really interesting. And I just, I really enjoyed that exchange between Amity and Luce. Also, the light balls are cute, and she's adorable when she gets super excited. And then she <laughs> learns it, and then she's like, okay, now I'm going to blind Edith. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Blast her with it. Well, yeah, I mean, once you learn the spell, there's no limit to that spell. Um, but yeah, that, no, I, I agree with everything you said. I mean, but what is that also what stood out to you, Delaney? Um, was that like the big highlight was her learning her spell or yeah I definitely I think so and then also just loose in general like she is such a she I think she's challenging Steven for the throne of purest cinnamon roll wow I mean she hold is on, so hold on. that's that is an unfair we've had how many seasons of Steven let loose no, 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 that, oh, no that's what I'm talking about because that's my thing we've had so many seasons with Steven and Steven's been through a lot you're but saying also, he's lost his cinnamon rollness. No, 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 no. I'm not saying he's lost it. I'm just saying, like, if we're talking about, like, a character out of the gate who is, like, so pure, like, Luz is so sweet. And it's also really funny because she's, like, with Ida, and they're, like, the sketchiest, like, <laughs> she is so sketchy. It's amazing. <laughs> and, like, it's just so cute. Like, with, like immediately, Luz is like, I'll be your abomination. Also, that was great. That was some quality dumb nonsense that I enjoyed her, <laughs> her pretending to be an abomination. That was some good stuff. And then Amity being like, abominations don't eat, like just comes out of nowhere. It just, it's so uh, yeah, yeah. So we've mentioned, we've already mentioned a couple of the, of the new characters. We've already mentioned Amity. Um, Sarah, what are your thoughts on these like new characters? Cause we got quite a few of them. 
We got Willow, we got Amity, we got Gus, we got Lilith, which was like wild for me. I was like, that's that's what I want to explore. You know, um, Luce is like, oh yeah, background information. Yeah, I which like, I yeah. was not expecting. I was like, already we're going into the family stuff with Ida. Oh my goodness. But um, Sarah, like, tell tell me like one, what's the character that stood out to you of them, and like just give, give me your thoughts on this like new of this cast of this cast that was just introduced. It's hard because they're all great. I mean, um. I mean, I love Amity. I think she reminds me a lot of myself in just, like, wanting to be the best at school and just wanting to be really admired by teachers and all of that kind of thing. So, like, she reminds me of little Sarah. Um, But were you mean? um, No, no. I would say minus the mean girl quality. (laughs) I do think she, like, I don't think she's mean at first. Like... She's kind of like borderline mean girl. She definitely says mean things, but like at first you just kind of feel bad for her. That was rude. That was the thing. I didn't think she was mean until convention, convention, whatever. That's convention. Episode five. We can just call it episode five. Episode five. She wasn't mean until then. And then I was like, oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Delaney, I'm assuming that Amity is the one as well that you kind of gravitate towards of the new cast. Okay. Here's the thing. So I hadn't watched the episodes until like a couple days ago because like Fridays are a hard day for me. But so I had I try like I checked the discord. Right. And I'm not trying to get spoiled, but everyone just kept yelling about Amity. (laughs) So I like got a little amped up about Amity. So I was excited to meet her. But I liked everyone. It's, It's probably Amity and Lilith. Not that there's anything against Willow and Gus. Like they both seem great. We just don't get to like I think. They're cute little, like, buds, so I'm hoping to see more from them. I mean, it makes sense they were having more, like, drama. I do enjoy that Gus and Willow are just like, okay, yeah, eat is cool, whatever. I, I, like, I'm gonna, like, defend Willow and Gus, because they're adorable. They and, are great. I'm just yeah, so I them, too. The whole, like, high-five nonsense was amazing. Like the whole like, and it's like, and that's like a really like, again, like it's like, it's not like a super like in your face heavy thing, but it's like that whole thing of like, oh my God, like I, you have with Gus this kind of character that's like, oh my God, I love everything about your culture, culture being He's literally Arthur Weasley. Basically, and I don't know, wait, I don't know. Oh, yes. But point is, and he's like, I love everything about humans, aka your culture, and like, I want to learn everything about, and I'm like, but they do it in, in this way, and it's like, it's not something there, but it's like something to think about, and I'm like, ooh, I wonder how they're gonna work with like this, and I'm like, oh, that's like, there's potential there, and then Willow is this like precious, like, like, controls plants, and is amazing, and like, uh, like, oh man, I'm fresh out of like the Harley Quinn movie. So I'm just thinking about Poison Ivy and I'm like, oh my God, Willow, she's like the Poison Ivy of this world. Like, let's go. Um, Not saying that she should kill anyone or anything, but I'm just saying she's great. And I'm all about the plant power. Um, So, and I'm also a really big fan of the voice actress who does her. So anyway, uh, very big, strong cast. A lot of potential, I think, is the biggest thing with them. Mm -hmm. And again, again, Lilith, I, I you don't, y'all, you don't understand. I was so, I saw her and I was like, who is this? Um, I think it's just there. And what's really strong with the show is that they're just very cleverly giving us like really strong introductions to these characters. And there's just so much potential. There's so much they can do. And they're moving at this like pace that I was not expecting where it's like, they're just very efficient. I think the word I'm looking for is efficient. Yeah. It's not like, it's not too fast, but it's also not 
slow. slow. Like, it's not. And, and I don't, and I don't feel like we're being spoon fed information. Yeah. Like everything feels very natural. Like I do. I think the thing, the reason the show is doing so well is because for once we're watching a show that knows how to do exposition mm-hmm. because like Voltron sucked in exposition. <laughs> like it was so bad. And then even she struggles with exposition because it's trying to balance like being a new show and being a reboot. Right. And it like, doesn't really know. Like, like right. she is almost like we get, we get, we just get no information. And then Voltron spends the first four episodes boring you to death. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, both of them are reboots of sorts. They're like, re- right. they have like, they, they have lore that people are familiar with from past works. Whereas, but this right. is completely fresh. Um, so maybe that's also something where they're like, they're, they're a little bit more, uh, I guess they have a bit more flexibility with what they can show and what they can't and like, and like right. what that well, may mean also, because we don't know what that means because there you have all the, all the information we don't. Well, it took, like, again, it took time for Steven Universe and Star to reach points where it just didn't feel like it was goofy for no reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's another thing that this show's doing really well is that, we have a plot, but we're also fun. Yeah, because that's what I was gonna say. I was like, but they still do have hijinks, like hijinks too, right, which too. is fine. Like we have an episode completely dedicated to the chose to subverting the chosen one, which I don't know if that has anything to do with plot, but like the fact that there's a teen prince of Angstmore, like that to me, I'm like <laughs> that is fun. That is crazy fun. Well, and also, but we have, like, that has really great character moments in it, right. like, with Ida, and when she has to go and save Luz, and, you know, that's also another really important episode for Luz, and so, that's the thing, like, Star and Steven and Amphibia struggle, like, in the beginning without, like, with, you know, being goofy and then having a point, mm-hmm. which you don't have to have a point, and you can just be goofy, but, you know, this show is kind of the the middle, which I think is why it's so impressive, because a lot of shows, especially it's hard, like, it's hard to, you know, one, just to pitch a show where it's like, we are in a kid's show with adult themes. Like, no right. one is going, like, it's difficult to want for networkers to want to show that. And we're already like, got it, let's go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, and the thing is also like the adult themes in this show, I don't think are, so I don't even think when they pitch the show, they're like, oh, and like, it's going to have adult themes. I don't even think they're right. pitched that way. I think it's just the, the way it's written. I think, especially when it's like with children's entertainment, um, a well-told story is going to always have these themes that doesn't necessarily, it's going to have complexities and that doesn't make them adult or child children. Right. You know, right. like, I feel like that has, right. that's not necessarily like, oh, these are dark themes. It's like, I think it's just right. like, you Well, know. I just meant versus like, you know, a show that has like no point or. Right. Like it's about something and right. it's, it's more complex than maybe some other kids shows would be, but that doesn't mean it's like adult. Theme right, 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 for sure. So let's talk about um, Luce and Ida's relationship because that's, I think, what's been most interesting to me of the episodes is just kind of the development, kind of like it. it it's still, they're so cute. There, it's like there is still this kind of awkwardness. There is this kind of we don't quite know. I think it's by the end of convention that Ida finally starts like taking Luce seriously as a student. 
Like, it's not that she didn't before, but now she's like, okay, well, all right, now, like, or maybe it's, like, with the first spell, she's like, okay, now I can see her potential, and then convention happens, like, all right, now, now let's, like, let, let's get serious about this. Cue the I'll make a man out of you song. Um, <laughs> so what what is your takes on this relationship, how it's been developing so far, and just tell me why it's so great, Delaney. So, one, I think it's very natural, which is why I think we're – why it's so impactful. So again, we're, ep- we're now to episode five. Yes. And it's, we did, you were talking about it's awkward. So it is, it's awkward. You know, in the second episode, she's like, who are you again? Which was really funny. <laughs> that was great. And, you know, trying to like get her to slow her roll. And Ida's like, listen, like magic's is not that big of a deal. Like who cares? And like, you know, and Ida's just kind of like using her to do work. But then that's the other thing, you know, as we continue through the episodes, they actually start to build a relationship. Like, one, we know despite Ida trying to act like she is the toughest person on the Boy Like Isle, she is just a giant softie. And then and we even have this big reveal like Ida hadn't. I mean, King didn't even know about the curse. That's a big deal. And so we have them opening up and, you know, and Luce, you know, comes to the rescue like she she could have chosen to stay in the, you know, fantasy land with angst more dude, but she didn't. She, you know, saved them. And so, you know, developing this relationship. And I think also another big part was when King and Ida were having, you know, their little wager, like, Oh, I'm a better teacher than you are. And I think also realizing that she had lost loose, but then loose came back. Which that was also like really cute, like when she was like, I need you. And, you know, and them just realizing that they both have things to learn from each other, which I think that's and then really that's when and then when we get to uh, convention, it's more this. I said it right that time. Yes, you did. Is, <laughs> um, you know, learning more about Ida's philosophy kind of with magic and where again, you know, Luce is still learning more about this world. And so I think it's just they're growing together. And again, I mean, I mean, we don't really have a timeline yet, but Luce hasn't been there very long. So this right. is, I think it's again just very natural. And they've already been through some stuff together. So I think that's a big part of it. And again, it's just how they both are. Like Luce is very, like she's serious, like she's really serious about learning magic. But she's a kid, she's fun, and she's just a sweetie. And then Ida is like this cranky old lady who's secretly the sweetest person on earth. So, and then you have King, who's adorable, and I love him. For sure. What about you, Sarah? Like, what are your takeaways from, like, how this de- how this relationship, ha- relationship has been developing so far? Um, I mean, Delaney covered it really well. Um, I think you definitely have a lot to learn from each other. I think Ida's become, like, a really wise voice for Luz uh, in terms of, like, learning how to accept herself for who she is and not need other people to like define her as being special and and then you know um Ida sort of like seeing things from Luz's eyes and how Luz sort of wants to explore magic in a different way and be um vulnerable but also explore like what these different kinds of ways of being a magical person are and I think it's sort of they're kind of both opening each other's eyes yeah, yeah. What, were you surprised by the curse reveal? Um, so I think I 
Um, I wasn't surprised. I was, like, excited. Like, you know, I definitely think the show definitely is, like, is not at all afraid to just go there and, like we were talking about before, like, unfurl these backstories bit by bit. And, like, I think it really is sort of, it serves to sort of strengthen their relationship, them being open with each other about these secrets. No, for sure. I'm curious what the demographic is for the show. Because Ida in her owl form, monster form, is terrifying. Like, if I was, like, scary. six. If I was six, I would have had nightmares. <laughs> like, I don't know if she's that scary, but, I mean, fair. When I was six years old, I would have had, I think that's, like, a fair age to have nightmares about no, monsters. I agree. I was well, a very just, sensitive child, so yes, I probably I, would have been. <laughs> well, I honestly wasn't anticipating there actually being, like, a reason she's called the Owl Lady, so that's nice that, like, like there's this whole lore, which I think that's another big reason why this is, like, oh, we're having a lot of fun with this, is, like, we're really opening up really quickly, but also, like, there's obviously a lot here. Yeah. So it's, like, we're flipping through a book. And I think I love that the fact that now there's like a mystery element because in yes. the end of that episode, it's who are you? Are you the person that cursed me? So now it's like, ah, we don't know who that is. So well, it's kind and of then, presents and, this question. And even the, even though she's joking with Lilith, like she was playing her, yeah. she was like, you know, I'm my, it's obviously getting worse, which that's true because she made it. I mean, she made a comment about how she looks and she does not look like she doesn't look the way Lilith looks. Right. Like you notice the lines under her eyes as opposed to Lilith I was paying attention to that and how Lilith said like oh I wasn't even expecting to see you so obviously the curse must be having some impact on her see, right. I, I, I liked old lady Ida so I'm just like you know oh, that's maybe, fine. maybe no, she's like, like, like she's, but she's also an owl right no that's fair yeah you're right you're right um speaking of like um there's just so much like uh that we learn from that episode in particular, in particular with the world building, like with convention, with convention, um, we learn so much there. Okay. We know there's, we learned that there's an emperor, like obviously in the previous episode, in a previous episode, we learned about the Academy of magic, but we also learn about covens and how things, how the magic works in this world in the boiling aisles and how in covens, like you're limited with your magic once you join one, and it's like that was like that was a fascinating. something I wasn't expecting. Yeah, yeah, that's a very new take on some, or rather, something I haven't seen in recent memory. Um, what did you think? What do you guys think of one this world building, and but two kind of this ongoing theme where it's like there's this kind of tension between like conformity and individualism that the show since the premiere has constantly been like kind of presenting to us. What are like your thoughts on that, Sarah? Um, yeah, I think it's been really interesting. Cause I mean, we even see with the school where it's like, you know, uh, Willow was in the abomination, right? You couldn't do her plant spells. And so it starts clearly from a young age, sort of driving you to be in one tiny little box instead of, it open to doing many different things. Except, was the, was the Emperor's Coven the one where you could do different types of magic? You could do them all. You could do them all, but, like, you have to be really special. But, like, it definitely seems like for most witches, like, you have to be sort of sort of shuttled into this one little spot rather than, like, being able to explore different kinds of magic. And I think that's really interesting because, you know, we see Ida who rejects that and then... She's like literally outlawed because of yeah. that. And so there's definitely a lot of a sense of like a lot of like you have to conform to 
our expectations of how you use magic and how you be a witch. And it's definitely not easy as we see even in the first episode with all the, with like the, with all of those people in that jail or whatever, like people who aren't embracing the being the same as everybody else or fitting into a certain way are, are definitely punished for it. For sure, for sure. But I also like the, there's this, there is like, you know, there is this kind of sense of unity that does come with joining a community. Yes. And so, and it's, it's not like they say like, oh, it's like, it's not clear cut black and white. Like, no, it's like, this is bad and this is good. There is this kind of thing. So it's like, it's a very interesting kind of, um, um, presentation of of and commentary on this kind of tension between like you want to be your true self but by virtue of joining a group of people you are in a way losing a little bit of who you are which is interesting like and it's that that, that's an interesting kind of complicated thing to present especially to like it's not something i thought i'd find on disney channel which created high school musical that created very strong barriers that people broke but um delaney what are your thoughts on this kind of like theme that the show is presenting well i think well i think to me the most interesting thing about the theme itself isn't necessarily like the theme obviously it's a very important theme but also it's how it's presented mm-hmm. because you have Ida, who is basically like the literal embodiment of freedom right but then we have loose exploring this world and i think even loose makes this comment like yeah i know individualism is the best but like i have to go see for myself so I think that's another, I think that's a really, I, I'm really enjoying how the show is going about this, is we are seeing everything, and we're seeing it very, like, clearly, like, very balanced. Like, you yeah. you are left to make your own judgment. and Well, or I guess I should say, like, the show is steering you to the correct judgment, but, like, it's balanced. Like, you know, covens don't seem that bad. But then we also see that they limit your magic. Right. But then we also see that you can use all your magic if you're, like, super-duper special. And so, and again, I do also think, like, the show's dealing with a lot of extra layers. Like, I'm pretty sure at this point, Ida was supposed to join the Emperor's coven, decided not to, and that's why she's, like, wanted to criminal. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, something something interesting you say is you say she's like the freest, she's the embodiment of freedom, but then she's right. also the one that's cursed, right? Right, she's cursed, and she's mm-hmm, also, yeah. she's lonely. Right. Mm-hmm. No, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's like, there there are a lot more themes uh, that the show deals with. Um, but before we get to one final thing, just again, w- word on like the world building and how kind of effortlessly it is. Any thoughts on kind of, what maybe say if like someone who wants to make a show, what can they take away from how this show in particular is building all this? Well, I think it's hard because again, we don't know the we like, you know, we don't have the quote unquote, the whole book. We don't have the whole story. We don't right. know everything in the universe, but right now this just seems very fleshed out. Like in the first five episodes, we've seen this world We've seen the boiling aisles. We've seen we we've, we've seen the bones of the boiling aisles. Like we saw that. Yep. Uh, we've seen like magic. We're slow. We've even learned a little bit of how magic works. We've had a vague like they did magic differently in the in the other times. But then also apparently there's this organ, and then we have schools, and then you go into covens, and like there's very much a 
because I think the big part of this like world building is a lot of times people kind of get they get caught up in the details, but also you need to build a society. Like we are seeing, we are beginning to see like the ins and outs of this society, which I think that's kind of, you have to go from the ground up. I think that's kind of like the big takeaway I would say is this, like you don't want to just have random ideas. They have to tie together. And I think that's what's been going so well is like, it's this weird fantasy world, but like there is a sense of structure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Sarah, any thoughts on world building? And if not, then Tell me, what are your thoughts? Is there any particular theme that kind of stood out to you from this? <laughs> well, Beatrice knows because I, I, I told her that I, I was thinking about something. But, like, on, on that previous point, like, I think what makes it, you know, a show more than just the world building. And I think that's where, like, some shows get kind of lost in trying to make their lore really interesting and complex. And, um, and when they miss out on the characters... And so that's where I think this show really shines is like balancing those two things. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yeah. And I, and so the, the sort of theme that I want to talk about, which it does connect to the sort of idea of individuals and conformity, but it's this idea of Luz wanting to become a witch because she wants to feel confident in herself and worthy of being accepted by herself as herself by others. Because back at home, she was made fun of. She was sent to, the principal's office she was trying to just beat herself and like that wasn't acceptable um for other people and so so we see throughout the course of these episodes her sort of exploring what it means to like to be herself and to want to become a witch and how that factors in so you know we have the first or the second episode of the series um where she's so excited to be a chosen one. She's made to feel super special. She really wants to feel like she's there for a reason because nobody understood her back at home. And this comes from a place of like questioning herself and whether or not she's really worthy of this. And, um, you know, then at the end of the episode, Ida says, you know, if we all waited around for a prophecy to make a special, we'd be waiting. We'd die waiting. That's why you need to choose. And I think that really carries itself through the rest of the episodes, this idea of what makes you special and and what you want to be. So we have, you know, Luz wanting to go to witch school. We have um, Luz wanting to learn magic um, from Ida, but then Ida wants to go to bed. And, you know, she says, I was nobody before, but becoming a witch is my chance to be someone. And so, like, this seems really strong to me. Um, I was wondering if either of you had any thoughts on theme. I mean, yeah, that's like, uh, that's something that was really interesting. And that's why I think episode two, I think, was for me one of the, one of the episodes that really stood out, which is because in one episode, they kind of, you know, subvert this kind of chosen one dynamic, right? This trope. When it's kind of just like, it's, it really kind of pushes like, it does, like, who, the, what, it's what you do that, 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 and who you are that, that, and you thinking you're important is what's more important than Mm -hmm. just like, than just what people think of you, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's in that sense, I think, and maybe this is why I gravitate so much to Ida is because she kind of, because she doesn't care about what people think, and that to me is, is something that's incredibly difficult 
and takes a lot of strength. And especially for someone like Luce, who has been, I, I don't, like, who has been told and even sent to a camp to try and, quote, get reformed, um, you know, to be able to have, like, to have kind of a, a figure to look up to to say that says, like, be who you are, embrace who you are, that's where you're going to find that magic. And her journey, like, that's the journey I'm really going to be looking forward to seeing is Luce just gaining gaining this confidence. And especially, be like, given, like, her age and the fact that she's just this young teenage girl, which is, like, I feel like the most vulnerable time for a teenage girl because so many people mm-hmm. are telling you what to be. So many people are telling you, like, how to be, what not to do, and, like, what not to like or whatever. And it's her kind of growing in confidence with her choices and decide in her decisions. And I think that's something that, again, with the show, um, Delaney, you mentioned how um, the show, yeah, they're like these crazy hijinks, but they mean something, they matter. I think the reason that they matter is because there is this like emphasis on the decisions made by each character. And it's, well, it's like, also, decisions- I, yeah. yeah. This well, idea yeah, so of like, choice. Exactly, this idea of choice. And, like, the dis- but the decisions these characters make give us insight to the characters and their psyche. Right. So, like, you have, like, when Ida says, like, when, like, Ida decides to take Luce on, when when Ida decides to, to like, to ignore Luce, and Luce is like, well, I'm still going to go and find this path, and she makes her mistakes, but she learns from them, and she's allowed to grow from them, and then so on and so forth. Like, just even, like, you know, Willow being like, oh, I, uh, choosing, like, being able to now be able to choose the plant track, even small things like that. Um, it's just, like, having that, these decisions that are may seem microcosmically small and unimportant are actually crucial to the development of these characters and it and they feel like they matter and be and because they do matter and that's kind of how you know like choice being able to decide something is i don't want to like tie in harley quinn again but there's (laughs) there's an animation it's animated so now there's there's a reason so there's an animated show completely not the age demographic or for this that that matches with the owl house but where there's an episode where she, Harley Quinn goes like, it's supposed to decide something, but she doesn't know who she is. So she can't make a decision. She can't make up her mind to the point where she literally go, becomes like comatose. She cannot, she just freezes. Um, and that's what this is. Like, and this show has like with Owl House, they're just continuously cho- making these choices and emphasizing that it's what you do. And by virtue of you deciding something, you are in turn choosing yourself and you're choose you're voting for yourself and you're like being confident and believing in yourself because of the choice because you're able to make this choice and take this step and I think that's I think what comes to mind when it comes to these things of self-confidence and how like worthiness is something that's self-decided and self well it's not like you know it's not that being weird is okay like and again there's very differences like there's differences nuances to like these themes like it's not just like, you know, being who you are is okay, but you have to choose, like, you're choosing to be yourself. Right. And yeah. that's, like, ultimately what, mm-hmm. and that's really what, I think that's really, like, really what I'm, like, what you're saying is, like, excited about seeing Luce's journey and, like, because that's also the thing, too, is, like, Ida ultimately chose herself over, you know, all these other influences. Right. Granted, she also has other stuff she's dealing with, you know, because <laughs> she's an owl, but, you know. <laughs> It's whatever. No, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, please. Well, like, I, w- I wanted to, like, sort of say, like, you know, like, 
a foil to Luce's journey is Amity's, where she's really entrenched within this school and coven system where her sense of self-confidence, as I mentioned before, like really comes from being a top student, being good at school, being the best protege in the emperor's coven. And, and so being good at magic, what much of what Luce also wants to do, but within the set of structures that sort of limits her individuality. And so it's really interesting to sort of compare those two. And then, you know, we have Ida rejecting the conforming um, nature of these structures. And so seeing where Luce makes her own decisions to fit in and how she ultimately is going to feel about these decisions, because, you know, on the one hand, if she tries to follow this set of structures and be a good witch as defined by the society of the boiling isles is, is she going to feel accepted by others? Um, because that's what's normal and accepted. Is she going to be happy then, even though she might not be embracing her individuality, or is she just going to reject that and perhaps also maybe not be accepted by the society there in the way she might be yearning for? Right. No, totally. And another really interesting kind of parallel of what a potential outcome would be just, there, the Amity uh, loose relationship kind of parallels the Lilith Eda relationship, and kind of like that's mm. one way we can end up with one being an outlaw, the other being like the top of like the, like one being the the quintessential uh, like uh, misfit, where the other is the quintessential like like I golden don't know, straight, girl, golden girl, like, golden girl, exactly. Um, so that's like something that's like really like. Another kind of like an injury. I'm that's like a parallel that I'm curious to see how that's gonna go. And well, I'm hoping they like subvert it, right? No, but I'm also like how them having that as like seeing that outcome in front of their eyes, how they're able to like not become that because they're able to see and they're like, we don't want that. That's not Mm -hmm. well. I'm just curious, like, yeah, because I identify like Sarah very strongly with the Amity character, like, I very much. And this is something I still struggle with. You know, when you're not in school anymore, it's hard. When your entire life has been about school. Yeah. And being good at school. And then when you're not good at school <laughs> anymore, so it's it's really messed up for your brain. Oh, I feel yep. you. I feel and you. so I think this is an interesting thing we're going with Amity. Because at first you're like, she's just a mean girl. But, like, that top student star meant everything to Amity. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think I'm hoping we'll get to explore that a little bit more than just her just being, like, the generic mean girl. No, for sure. For sure. I, like, I, I wonder. I, yeah. Like I wonder what would happen if if Amity was allowed to embrace being totally different than or in different right. in some way than what. Or like, what would she like? Do. What would she like to do? Like, what right. does she want to do? Ooh, idea. What if like the 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 witch gang show up like for a random episode? Show up. Well, I don't know, random, but you know, in in a future episode, I don't know when. Show up on Earth because they want to like escape the conformity of boiling aisles, and then Luce is like, "Well, alright, I'm gonna show you around," and then they go back. I don't know something. Just throwing <laughs> potential it. ideas out there, kind of to kind of flip <laughs> the situation for like an episode. Um, but no, yeah, that's like that covers basically most of what I wanted to talk about. Are there any kind of closing thoughts you have on like this run of episodes? Anything you hope to see moving forward? anything anything to wrap this up i don't know it's just this show is just going so well i just want them to keep doing what they're doing yeah like i think that's also the thing like this well obviously like more about this Edith's curse and loose learning magic like let's learn another spell okay we learned one spell it's really cool 
Also, this is very, to me, it's very, it reminds me a lot of Shadow, uh, uh, Shadowhunters. I didn't watch the TV show, but I've read all the books. Like, you know, she draws runes, basically. And so I'm, I'm excited about these spells. And like, are we going to get her, like, a fancy notepad? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> her fancy magic notepad. Yeah, like, what are we doing? Um, will she get her staff? Like, I don't know. And I guess just more interaction. I think, I don't know, like, I love Eden King. We got a whole episode with King. That was great. Him wanting to teach her about demons. Adorable. Mm. I like, think I he struggles, too, with his own sort of, like, right. need to be a, a teacher, too, in his own way. Well, I mean, that's it's kind of one of those things, like, they have this new person, and she's all about Ida, and he's like, um, but I'm cool, too. Again, some issues with confidence. King's got to deal with it, bringing it I all back. King. He wants to be worthy. Mm. He wants people to right. give him gifts and, and offerings right. and stuff. Yeah, it's the offerings, connected. that was great. It's all connected. Um, one, vi- one final question that just came to me. Um, how did, do you know how um, Luce was able to... Like see the 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 spell thing? Was it through her phone? Was it because yeah. of light? Like how was she able? Yeah, okay, so fight I think, exactly. So she busted her phone. Right. And I think it like I'm not sure if it was the video. Like it looks like it paused like at the perfect moment mm-hmm. for her to see the spell. Gotcha. So it's more of like it just flickers. I guess it's like a thing that yes. you says it's so fast that you have to stop. To yeah, like so. Frame. I'm wondering, like, how we're gonna, like, how this will happen again. moving forward. Also, right. again, Luce's name means light, yes. and she learns a light spell. Maybe that's gonna Just, be the focus. Maybe she's gonna maybe, be like a light. She witch. does it in the opening sequence, so it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important yeah. somehow. For sure, for sure. Um, I, don't, Sarah, I just love this yeah. show. They just need to keep doing what they're doing. For sure, for sure. Sarah, any closing thoughts? Yeah, I really, I just agree with everything Delaney said. I really just happy to see them keep doing what they're doing, building on the characters, building on the story. Um, like Delaney mentioned earlier, I, I really like the interactions between Luce and Amity. I mean, I could definitely see them becoming closer friends. Maybe more. We, you know, I would love to see it too. You know, I. But I thought their interactions were really strong, and I'm excited to see more. But also, I think I think Luce and Willow were really cute together too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, it's like I'm I'm all for all these new characters. I just want I just want more time with them and just mm-hmm. to develop all of them more and to see what what comes in the future. Um. But thank you all so much for listening. Um, you can find out all the info on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can join us on Discord to text chat about animation at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. You can support us via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Michael, a.k.a. Wazowski. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael, and Needle. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.